I think Oregon will be back on track this year and be in at least a conversation for a good bowl game, possibly play spoiler in the Pac-12 with some of these teams. Oregon's just not the type of style of team you want to play if you're banged up, if you're tired. Um, for you know, for the last ten years, for the most part, I remember even before 2010. And my dog, my dog is going to bark right now, so we'll just bear with me a minute. Uh, that's what happens when when the garage opens at home. But you know, in 2010, I think it was even 2009. Chip Kelly had that Oregon program rolling, and they were the the beast of the Pac-12, really. They replaced the USC, and here comes Stanford along, too. But really, when I think of Pac-12, if you don't think of USC, I think of Oregon. So Oregon, a program that's, that's prideful, they don't have that championship that they need. They they almost won it in 2010. I was at that Auburn game. But, you know, Oregon, we'll talk about them tonight. Florida State, Jonathan calls in, we'll talk about them. We are going to discuss the SEC tonight, see where they're, where they're going to be. The quarterback play in the SEC this year is what's, what's going to determine how good this conference is. And I'm going to put you on hold just for one second. Apologize for the delay. We're having some technical studio difficulties here, so I'm back. Maybe my dog will get the heck out of the way now, so we can we can talk sports. I just love it when uh, when you have problems on the on the internet here. I think we're squared away for the most part. Um, we are back. I apologize. We shouldn't have another delay like that. But, yeah, we're going to talk about the SEC tonight, where they are. And, and you know, people think it's the best conference in the nation, but maybe the gap closing and, and how much is it closing and which conference is closing in. It's not um, Jalen Ramsey in the NFL. We, we may talk about him a little bit. Coming out and giving his honest opinion of some of these quarterbacks in the NFL, he didn't. He didn't list all of them, but he did list a quite, a quite a few of them and gave his honest opinion. So if I can never get my internet up, we'll, we'll be able to go through some of those comments and everything. Jason, you want in, press number one, anytime you want to come in. But, yeah, the, the SEC this year, is, you know, they've got three teams, like I said on the previous show, that, that could possibly win a championship this year. You have Alabama. Uh, everybody thinks they're just unbeatable. I'll I'll have to disagree with that, but their schedule is is very manageable this year. They picked a great year to have even more of a gravy train schedule than before. Georgia, you know, everybody's just penciling them in in the East, losing 30 plus players, a lot of leadership can make a coach look look very good. Look at Gene Chizik back in 2010. That Auburn team was loaded with a bunch of three stars for the most part that were seniors and Cam Newton and a couple other players. And they went all the way and had a dream season. And two years later, Gene Chizik's getting fired during 0-8 in the SEC. So let's, let's, let's just slow down on Kirby Smart right now as a Nick Saban disciple here. He just walked into a perfect situation in Georgia at an easy 
the SEC East was way down this year with Florida and Tennessee struggling, which kind of opened it up for really the only team, and that was Georgia. And they came on the road and played their toughest game of the year at Auburn and got beat by 30 points. And so they did They did play Auburn the next week or two weeks later in the SEC championship game after Auburn played their number one rival, Alabama, and, and pretty much dominated that game and lost a running back. But let's just look at Georgia real quick. Besides the really the game against Oklahoma where they couldn't stop anybody, but they, they didn't score on the defense. They couldn't stop anybody. Um, Alabama pretty much dominated in that second half. So I just think I think the SEC will be – um, good this year. I don't think it. I don't think it's as strong as, as people may think it is. But they will have a lot better quarterback play this year. So looking at the quarterback play, it should be good. But cannibalization, guys. What happens when two teams or a whole conference gets together and they they beat up on each other? That's what happens in the Pac-12. That's what happened in the Big 12 for the most part two years ago when they got left out of it. It's just very hard. To go week in and week out and win every game, but if you, but if you're Alabama and Georgia, you got you got pretty manageable schedules, wouldn't you think so, Jason? Just looking at Alabama and Georgia, besides really playing Auburn, they don't really play anybody. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia does have a manageable schedule, but the one that I want to talk about is Florida, because looking at their schedule, they could be undefeated going into that Georgia game on October 27th. Um, they got very. What do you like about games. What do you like about Florida? Um, one of the schedules. That schedule is very manageable. And one, yes, they go to Tennessee, but they they go to Mississippi State. We don't know what what they're gonna be like. Um, LSU they play at home, but we don't know what kind of offense LSU is gonna have. And at Vandy, it's Vandy. And one, and I just really like Dan Mornings as a head coach. So you think, and I, I think people forget about Florida too. Didn't they have about fifteen starters suspended right before the Michigan game last year, and they have those guys back? Am I mistaken, or am I correct on that? Yeah, they they had about like like you said, fifteen starters suspended last year for um, whatever reason, what it was. They do return ten on offense and nine on defense, so a lot of returning starters back. Yeah, and it's a very prideful school that they're not used to to being a four or five win team. That's just not that's just not how Florida no. does. I think the best thing that happened to them was Dan Mullen coming back. You know, last year they couldn't score for anything. This year, I think they'll be able to score. And Dan Mullen, I mean, think about it, Jason. You give Dan Mullen some talent. Um, he did what well, he did at Mississippi State with a bunch of three stars, really two stars, three stars. So imagine in the swamp mm-hmm. where he's got some some Florida athletes, what he can do. And could who do you think is going to be more of the surprise team this year, South Carolina or Florida? Which one do you think will challenge Georgia? Do you think it's Florida, or do you think South Carolina has a chance? I, I like both of them to challenge um, Georgia. Um, whenever you um, play somebody, um, you want to play them early in the season. South Carolina has that. And I believe that that's in Columbia. Yeah, yes, it is. It's in the Columbia second week of the year. Yeah. So, 
like South Carolina just because it's early in the season. Yeah, and I, I know, you know, I, I picked that a few weeks ago. I, I thought South Carolina would come in and, and beat Georgia early in the season. So what does that say about Georgia if they come out and lose to South Carolina on the road? Do you think the, the, the pollsters, the media will forgive them for being maybe young, or do you think it's going to really hurt them? Because, you know, if they lose two games with that schedule, they're out. So um, what, are the, what does the media say if Georgia goes into Columbia? Is it going to be Muschamp's just the greatest ever, or is it going to be watch out, Georgia has problems? Well, if, if Georgia loses this game, loses one game, I'll be forgiven. But if they lose, they'll probably drop out of the national title race or not. We, we live in the day. It's, it's not about the number of losses. It's how you lost and who you lost too. Yeah, and when you don't have a chance to to get many more quality wins, let's say if, if Georgia lost to South Carolina, right, and say they turn around and at the end of the year and lose to Auburn, they're a two-loss team. They, even if they win the SEC, what do you do if Alabama is undefeated in that situation or, you know, and they – they beat Alabama. You can't leave Alabama out with one loss, as you saw last year. But do you put the a two-loss Georgia SEC champion in? And, and the only reason Auburn was going to get in with two losses last year is because they played Clemson on the road. Uh, they got hot there. But who would Georgia have as a signature win, really, besides Auburn going into that game? Or, no, if they lost to Auburn, who would Georgia have as a signature win going into that SEC championship game, Jason, with a two-loss team? You can't find one. Yeah, you, you really can't find one of the loose to Auburn and the South Carolina. Um, looking at the schedule, two of the best teams on the best schedule. Yeah, and, and there's some uh, there's some injuries going on. Georgia lost uh, freshman running back. He tore his ACL, his second ACL tear. So I don't know. I don't know how long if he's ever going to play again. But and if you saw Bama, they lost another linebacker for this season, and we saw this last year, Jason, in Alabama towards the middle of the end of the season. They had a lot of problems. Even the first game, they lost a couple linebackers for the year, and you saw how that impacted them with depth-wise. Those, those second stringers and stuff had to play more than expected, and they wore down and broke down, and all of a sudden, they just weren't the same team until they healed up. I mean, what can beat Alabama this year in your mind, and what can beat Georgia? Is it, is it themselves, or or are we overhyping Georgia and Alabama too much right now? Uh, I, I think with Alabama, it's a, it's a deserved hype because they've always been on the top. Georgia is, yeah, they've had a nice year, but I'm kind of like you. Okay, you had a nice year last year. Let's see if you could do it again. Um, Jacob Easton was a freshman last year, which means – Nobody has tape. Everybody has tape on Easton, um, Jacob Easton right now. Uh, no, not Easton, um, Jacob Plum. Plum. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Plum. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you just never know. I mean, like, I just think they caught lightning in a bottle with a lot of those. They had Chubb, Sony Michelle. They had seniors, Roquan Smith. They had some great defensive players. Uh, they just had all the experience where it mattered, and they just caught lightning in a bottle, really. Just like Auburn did in 2010, 
where the only difference mm-hmm. is Georgia didn't have a Cam Newton and Georgia didn't win the championship. So Georgia, remember, everybody thinks they won the national championship last year. They didn't. They lost it. Nope. They choked it away. And and how does choking that game away mentally, what does it do to this Georgia team this year? Does it make them hungry or does it kind of, I don't know. Sometimes that can be tricky. They choked it away. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. That second down and 26 or whatever it was, they gave up that touchdown. That was a choke job by Georgia. So how do the coaches and players respond to that? Well, what they always say about failure, it can always make you break you. So we'll, we'll see about this Georgia team for sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. But I'm just not too big on their schedules. I'm just really not. I'm not – I look at their schedules. I just don't see anything that, that really – Scares me. I mean, even a Georgia team can lose two games and still make the SEC championship in the East. So we're not. We're just trying to see how many from each conference is going to make it. You look at that schedule. Austin P. That's an embarrassment to start out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina for Georgia. They play Missouri. That could be interesting at the end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, at LSU in October. Mm, the neutral side game against Florida, and then going to Kentucky. I don't know how good Kentucky is going to be, but that could be tricky, especially coming after a rival game like that. So Auburn, UMass, and Georgia Tech. So I'm I'm predicting Georgia to have two losses this year, and I think a ten and two regular season and a trip to the SEC championship. But I think they lose the SEC championship this year because the West seems to own the SEC championship game, and I think last year it flipped up a little bit. And um, if it wasn't for injuries, they'd have won it. But I think Georgia Jason makes it back to Atlanta, but I don't think they take the next step. I think they end up in a New Year's Six Bowl with three losses. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's a very good prediction, and I want to let everybody know: do not sleep at Missouri with Drew Lock at quarterback. They go to Columbia um, that week, so that could be an interesting game. Yeah, could you imagine Georgia being? Uh, two and two after the Missouri game with wins against Austin P and Middle Tennessee. Like, yeah, that could that. be crazy heading into the Tennessee game. So that's that's just something I just wanted to throw out there. These guys, you just look at at what they had coming back. It's just not as much as you you think. They did have some great recruiting. I mean, they but again, they're freshmen until they do something like Jacob Prom did last year. I mean, you don't know who they are. They can have all the five stars they want. But at the end of the day, they've got to prove it. And uh, up front on the offensive line, it seems like they've got, you know, a couple of young players, but they're good, though. They've got a friend, Isaiah Wilson, on the right tackle position, a sophomore at the right guard. But then at the center and the left side, they're pretty taken care of with experience. But what you have to worry about is running back. Swift, yeah, he's undersized and everything. He's got Elijah Holyfield, the junior. If he's good, he'll be playing already. Not real scared about him. But the receivers, you know, they have some George. They have Riley Ridley, Calvin Ridley's brother there, Terry Godwin's a senior. But, but let me ask you this, Jason. How many seniors are real good athletes right now? Why, why is he not in the NFL? That's what I ask myself. So is he that great of a running back or a receiver? Yeah, um, and that's that's the thing. Did did they have the similar leadership that carried it through carried Joseph through last season? 
And I don't think they do. No, Nick Chubb carried him last year, and that guy was a beast the way he played and his leadership on the field. So I'm with you. South Carolina, let's look at that schedule real quick just a second. We were talking about them, and then we'll go to Florida real quick. We're not going to go through all 14 teams, but I'll just look at, at their schedule. Georgia early in the season. It's like Coastal Carolina first, Georgia, Marshall, then kind of two easy road games, and then Vanderbilt and Kentucky, but Kentucky's always giving them problems. But if you look at this road schedule, other than, you know, they've got at Ole Miss and at Florida, at Clemson. So if you look at that road schedule, that's not too brutal. I mean, you could go three and two, four and one on the road, say. Um, Looking at their home, I mean, their home, Georgia, Missouri, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Chattanooga. And, Jason, that's a pretty manageable schedule right there for at least a 9-3 and three season for Will Muschamp. That's where they were last year, and I think – or they were 9-4 and four total last year. But um, I think they're going to be about 9-3 and three this year. What do you think about South Carolina? I do not think they get into that championship game. No, I think they're going to fall like one game sorry, but 9-3 and three is very, very, very respectable. And I know South Carolina fans – they they want that Clemson the game to be a little bit closer, but I think South Carolina <laughs> is so far behind from Clemson. Yeah, Clemson's got an NFL defensive front. That's all that needs to be said. You're lucky if you can score on them this year. That's how good they are. But you, you talked about Florida's schedule earlier. Road games at Tennessee. Um, you said they could be what seven and zero going in, but at Tennessee could be tricky for them. Kentucky's not going to beat them. They'll never beat them again. But two road games back-to-back at Tennessee, that's a revenge game. Tennessee's got a lot to prove. At Mississippi State, a lot of people are predicting them to have a great year. And then they come back and host LSU. So there's a three-game gauntlet right there, two of them on the road and two of them against SEC West teams. So give me the odds of them winning all three of those games, Jason, at Tennessee, at Mississippi State, and home against LSU. It's, it doesn't look great, but um, I, I, um, it, it doesn't look great, but they could do it if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think they could. I think they could win all three of them. I mm-hmm. really do. Looking at who they have coming back, you got to look at Tyree Cleveland, a receiver, Dre Massey, a senior receiver, Van Jefferson, a junior. Remember, some of these guys didn't go pro. Uh, because of the suspensions and everything. And, and they have, remember, their running backs are loaded with Scarlett and, and Caroline, Caroline, whatever his name is. Felipe Frank, the quarterback. The defense has gotten softer, but um, but I think they'll be more, more improved getting some of their players back. But I'm looking at Florida this year being a, an eight or a nine win team. Is, is that realistic? Oh, yeah, eight, eight nine wins with this schedule is going to be very, very doable. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Auburn real quick. Since we're talking about crazy, we talked about easy schedules. Let's let's talk about this schedule right here. You open up at Washington in a neutral side game, and these guys are favored to to win the Pac-12. Then they play Alabama State, but then they play their rival LSU at home in Auburn, and then they play Arkansas at home, and then they play Southern Miss at home. So those five games right there, Jason, they never go on the road. 
in any of these five games, the Atlanta game will be more of a, a home game for them with the amount of fans that will be there. So, realistically, what are you thinking their record will be after those five, first five? Um, let's see. It, it could be 5-0 and because they, they always beat LSU at home, but now we could beat them in Death Valley. Um, Washington, um, I don't think that offense is going to be very good. They they lose Dante Pettis, the um, all world wide receiver. Um, Washington is going to take some time to uh, get comfortable in that game, but when they do, I think Auburn's going to be um, in the in the lead too far. And the thing about yeah. Auburn is Jared Stidham's back, and when's the last time they had a quarterback back? That's a very key Nick thing. Nick Marshall. Yeah, Nick Marshall, and he wasn't truly a quarterback. He was a defensive back, turned into a quarterback. Stidham is a quarterback, and I think, you know, everybody's been talking about two uh, hurts all year and stuff. I think they've overlooked the best quarterback in the conference, and that's Jarrett Stidham. Yeah, as a, as a pure quarterback, Jarrett Stidham's very good. Yeah, but what I've heard about him a lot, you know, last year he came in and he took his lumps, played Clemson right away on the road at night. That was he played well the first drive. He took him down, and then after that, they just didn't. Their offensive line couldn't get going. They just couldn't block Clemson, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Since there's a lot, of, especially on the road at night, with that crowd hostile and um, an offense trying to learn. This year was sitting back after going through a whole year and another fall, another spring practices, and all that. He's had a chance to really develop a good relationship with his receivers and all of them are back I think that'll help and October 6th my wedding anniversary my 11th year anniversary we go to Starkville and if we're 5-0 and going into that one and we can win I don't see any reason we can't beat Tennessee and Auburn go to Ole Miss and win and come back and host Texas A&M and Auburn and win we could be 9-0 and heading into that Georgia game in Athens so this could be an interesting season. The schedule's tough because anytime you play at Georgia and at Alabama, that's going to be tough, and Mississippi State. So you think uh, three of the top four teams in the SEC, one of them's Auburn, they're going to the road in each of those games. So it's going to be tough. So tell me, if Auburn loses to Washington, Jason, do they have a chance, in your opinion, to stumble one time in the SEC and still make it to the, the playoff if they make it to Atlanta? Well, if if they lose to Washington, they they need Georgia to have a good year, and they they I would say they would need it to beat Georgia or Alabama. I don't think they get in with a loss to Mississippi State. Uh, yeah, because last year yeah. they they got their they lost LSU on the road, you know, and that was. But but they beat number one Georgia and they beat number one Alabama and they did so in convincing fashion. So you're saying Georgia needs to be real good and Alabama needs to be real good and they don't need to lose to Mississippi State. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be interesting. They, I mean, as an Auburn fan, I'm hoping we go 12 and 0. But we all have to be realists on this show as well. The one good thing, and you pointed that out, I think you pointed it out last week, that Auburn doesn't play back-to-back road games this year, which I think that's big. Because 
Um, sometimes being at home can can get your confidence back going and everything. But you look at say at Ole Miss, at Georgia, and Bama, that's tough. But at the end of the year, Jason, you don't know who's going to be injured. Bama could be without any linebackers. They could be struggling or something. You just never know in November what can happen. So it's hard to sit here and talk about it um, to predict what can happen in November. Now, I'm better in September of predicting. I think I think Auburn and Washington, you talked about, you know, the Washington offense, you know, maybe struggling. But one thing that, that seems to be well for Auburn early in the season is the defense. And that defense is supposed to be very good, one of the top in the country. So if that defense shows up in Atlanta, I think Auburn will get in there with a win. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game in this one, but I think you're looking at something like a 27-17 to 17 kind of game. Is that too low, or does that sound about right? That sounds about right. I, I'm thinking that it's going to be like the Washington-Alabama game a couple of years ago, and we had about that same score. It was like, what, 27-13 or Wanna, um, yeah, yeah. But Washington's good. I mean, they've got a good coach. They've got a good coach, and they've got a quarterback too. So, so tell me about their quarterback at Washington. What happened to him? What happened to him last year? And what is he going to do this year different to make you think that Washington's got a chance to win the Pac-12? Well, with Jake Washington's Browning. quarterback Jake Browning, he started every year since his freshman year. He doesn't have a really big arm. He's, he's more like a game manager. He won't, he won't take over the game, but he just doesn't make mistakes, especially ever since Peterson that came along. He reminds me of like a Kevin Moore quarterback. Well, let's look at 2015. They were 7-6. That was his freshman year, I'm thinking. Uh, sophomore year, that was in 16, where they went off and went to the champion or went to the playoff. Um, last year, 10 and three. You'd, you'd think they had a bad year last year, but that 10 and three is is not that bad. They lost to Arizona State 13 to seven on the road. Um, they lost to Stanford on the road by eight points, 30 to 22. And they ended up losing to Penn State. So this was a ten and two team, you know, last year. But I think losing to Arizona State when they did, and then losing to Stanford, it just killed them because Stanford struggled last year. So you look at their schedule. Washington, they've got a tough one with Auburn starting out. They go to Utah the third week of the season, and then back to back in October at UCLA and at Oregon. That's um, that's going to be tough, and then they play they play their rival on the road as well. If, if this game was in Auburn or in Washington, I would probably favor Washington by a three or four points, probably just because of being at home. But this is in a neutral side. Auburn favored two and a half points. If that game was in Jordan Hare, it'd be about a ten and a half point spread. So I'm gonna go with Washington. I mean, I'm gonna go with Auburn in the defense in this one, Jason, and, and just I think Washington's gonna have a. I'm going to say Washington goes nine and three this year. What do you think yeah, about Washington? Washington could have gone nine and three. Um, they'll more than likely go ten and two. Um, I think they, I think they might stumble in the pack twelve. But Washington is that team you you don't see them losing, but they'll stumble to a team that they shouldn't. Like last year, Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah, so 
We'll we'll see. We'll see how they how they look. I mean, I, it's kind of stressful when you play somebody good that first week, man. It, it it's awesome and it's great to look forward to. If you were me, would you go to the game or would you watch it from home? <sighs> I I think if I had an opportunity, I was in the issues. I would go to the game because. Tickets are about two fifty to sit to sit in a good place, like forty fifty yard line in the club level. Do you think that's a little too expensive? That's a little too much for me. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But if it was a playoff game, it'd be different. But regular season game, it's just hard for me to fork out that kind of money. Yeah. So we'll see. So have you heard anything more about Maryland situation that's going on? Uh, Coach is on. Is this is this story got blown out of proportion because a kid died? So if this kid never died from a heat stroke, would we even be talking about this right now? I I don't think so. Um, if the kid just passed out, it didn't work out. I don't think we would be talking about it because it's Maryland, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Durkin, Coach Durkin, feels terrible about the kid dying and everything, but Maryland has to pay him, according to his contract, $6.5 million to buy him out. Um, so that's 65% of what he, what he makes through the 2021 season. So either way, if I'm Durkin, I'm just like, fire me. Put me out of my misery and hand me my $6.5 And then I'm going to go find another job in a couple of years when this dies down a little bit. But they, they threw the strength and conditioning coach under the bus and fired him immediately. I don't like that. I don't think fire anybody before you just make a decision and then fire everyone involved or, or whatever. So I just I just don't like it. I just don't think Durkin can come back to this. I just don't I just don't think he can come back. Most of the time when you go on administrative leave it's over for you. Most of the time. And Urban Meyer may be the one that, that gets out of it, but I feel bad for for the family that lost their kid, especially, I mean, what do you think about the abuse they talk about, like screaming and yelling at kids? I mean, hell, that happened to me my whole life in sports. What about you? I mean, it's, it's just kids these days can't take a, an ass cheating. Yeah, kids, kids these days, they, they, can't, they can't take any criticism and whatnot because these kids, they, they – come from a high school where everybody kisses, you know what, and when I really can't take somebody yelling at them. You know, it's like you, you turn on last chance you on the last season, and that coach is cussing every, every other letter, every other word. So, you know. Yeah, I've never heard a coach cuss more than the, the guy off last chance you. Uh, you think he had some anger issues? Um. Yes. No. I. I think it's control anger. You know. Um. The the Jason, the guy from Independent University. Um. Uh, I think he controls his anger a lot better than Brother Stevens, the last coach we saw last chance. You. Yeah, he fought a coach. He tried to fight a referee, didn't he? Yeah, Mr. Buddy Stevens, he tried to he tried to fight a referee on the field. But I mean, this day and age, is a coach 
in the workforce, no matter where you are, you have to be careful and aware of your surroundings because, I mean, people, you can't say homophobic slurs. You know, like when I was a kid growing up and coaches would yell out words like that, and they knew you weren't that, but that's just plain language that they did, especially being in the South. But now, this day and age, if you say a couple of words that you shouldn't, am I, is my reception okay, Jason? Yeah, it's 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 good. Okay, just making sure I'm on this. Uh, just trying. We've had some storms around, so make sure I sounded good. But I just feel bad for the coach too, because what happens? He loses his reputation, regardless what happens in this. His reputation's been destroyed now. His career has probably been destroyed. So that's why I was saying, take my six and a half million and move on, and not worry about it. But you got to remember, these guys worked their whole life to get to these places, and now to have it ripped away from them. And you look at Ohio State. I don't feel sorry for Urban Meyer at all. I think he knew exactly what was going on. He protected a, a guy that beat his wife. There's proof of him beating his wife and there's proof of Urban Meyer lying to the media about it, and there's proof of Urban Meyer knowing about it to Jason. I don't feel sorry for him losing his job because he's a piece of crap, and I don't care if you're an Ohio State fan, you want to call in and talk about it, that's fine. But I'll tell you as well as I'll tell anyone, he's a piece of crap, and he doesn't deserve to be employed and coaching kids. What do you think about Urban? I mean, am I wrong? Am I too harsh on Urban Meyer? No, you, you're not too hot. Uh, you're talking about a guy that freaking uh, fake a heart attack to get out of Florida. You know? <laughs> it's like the SEC's too hot. Oh, let me fake a heart attack, you know? It's, and then I'm going uh, to take a job two weeks later and go to ESPN, and then I'm going to go to Ohio State. All of a sudden, his heart condition cleared up when he, when, when he, he quit dealing with Nick Saban, didn't it? Yeah, imagine that. So. Yeah, I don't have any respect for the guy. He's trash. So, and that's just the honest truth. If you don't like it, call in and argue with me. I'm I'm ready for you. I'll I'll tell you the same thing that I that I'll tell anybody. The guy's a piece of crap, and uh, he doesn't deserve to be coaching young men. If you if you're a dad, Jason, do you send your to your kid to play for him? No, if if I have a son, I'm sending him to Oregon. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, you can't do that now. You can't play at Oregon. No, you can't do you can't do that. Send him to Auburn. <laughs> yeah. I like you Auburn. Do. Well Oh yeah. Everybody loves Auburn now. Just don't let them when does the uh when does the A the A P poll come out? Has it already the preseason A P A P um, it should have come out this week. Um, I don't know if the AP poll has come out. So. Yeah, I just want to see where, you know, a lot of people have Auburn, you know, down one guy at him like 14 or 15. And some of them have Washington real high. So that's what I'm wondering, I'm wondering about. How high are they in the polls? I want Auburn to be as low as possible in the polls. I want them to come in at 19 or 20. That's where I like it. And uh, where they get disrespected and they feel disrespected, that's what you need. You don't you don't need them to come in. Anytime Auburn starts the season off good, like with preseason rankings, they suck, and it's it's a terrible season. 
it's like the year they won the national championship. They came in, I think they started at 21, maybe somewhere around in there. So that's, that's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll take 21. What did you think about Jalen Ramsey's comments going to the NFL real quick for a few minutes and then come back to college? What did you think about his words about the quarterbacks in the NFL? Did you get a chance to look over that? I I thought I thought it was kind of funny um, for him to um, tell what he thought about every quarterback, um, saying that um, yeah. um, a couple of quarterbacks oh, yeah. is trash and whatnot. So yeah, yeah he did a very good, good job. Man. He could back it up. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah, but it's just it just what it does is it puts a bullseye on them. The entire year, so if I'm a coach, I don't want to hear that crap coming out of my organization from a guy that's played one year. Yeah, you, you played good one year, and uh, so what? Do it again. This is the NFL. This is a grown men's league right here. So, what did you think about ESPN deciding on Monday Night Football to discontinue the national anthem? Um, it's it's a good move, I, I guess. Um, it's this whole national anthem thing has got really out of hand. Um, it's like I said, like we've been talking about, we we've never had these issues when we were kids. And I was ten years, um, you're ten years older than me, but we never thought about taking knees into the anthem, you know. You know, you you no, probably he, hear a dozen anthems over the season. So, so do I um, with my job. So, you you always stand for the anthem. Um, I, I know blacks are um, mistreated and whatnot. I, I get it. It's the U.S. of A. But you you don't protest the the national anthem when that anthem yeah, is playing. You, yeah. you stand. You stand up yeah, exactly. and you have your hand over your heart. Period. If you're against police brutality, okay, fight police brutality. Go to Washington, D.C. And, and be there, you know, and protest. But kneeling for the anthem only disrespects the flag in the country. It doesn't fight against husbands beating their wives or cops shooting kids in the street. Nothing that doesn't do anything. And all these divas want to do is bring attention to themselves, and that's what they're doing. They're not doing this for anything. Half these people couldn't even tell you what they're kneeling for, and that's that's what bothers yeah. me. They're, they're followers. They do. They get on TV. They want to. They want to. Oh, look at me! I'm I'm Mr. Political now. You don't know. It's like LeBron James on there, and Donald Trump destroyed him. You know, and made him look stupid. And I mean, these. I don't care about. NFL players, NBA players, it's what you think of a president. I don't care your political opinion. All I care about is do you make me money on on the games you play? That's really all I care about you for. I don't care what music you listen to, what president you like, who you voted for. I don't care. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't watching the NFL, Jason, because they want to escape reality. They want to escape of life when they want to watch the weekends. They don't want to talk about politics on the weekends when they're dealing with their football. So do you think the 
the popularity of the NFL grows back? Does, does the ratings get better this year compared to last year, or do you think they could get worse? I mean, I think they could get worse. Um, we, we live in a day in the age that everybody wants to nitpick everything in the water and I want to miss out on the NFL. Hey, if you don't like the national anthem, you don't like the protest, don't watch the first five minutes. But me, I love football. I'm going to watch football. So that's, that's how yeah, I feel about I it. But, but here's the deal. If, if, it's gonna be, if the national anthem is a distraction for everybody, yeah, I mean, I don't want to take it out because I, just, I think we're giving in to these these millennials that think they can change the world when they're not even. It's like it's like I heard Clay Travis saying this. It's like, what are you even protesting? Well, we want to protest uh, cops shooting kids in the streets. Well, hell, we all are against that. There's nobody going to come tell you, Jason, that, hey, we, we, wanna, we want people to get shot in the streets. We want violence to increase. So what are you protesting? And he even said, it's like going to McDonald's at 12 o'clock saying you want to you want an egg McMuffin, and they're like, "Well, we don't have lunch. We don't have breakfast right now. We have lunch, and you take a knee at McDonald's because you want them to bring breakfast at noon." So, I mean, what are you really fighting for right now? And that's where a lot of these players, when they've been asked, they, "Oh, we want to stop police brutality." Well, hell, you're not going to do that by kneeling at the anthem. That's disrespecting the flag in our country. You live here. You make millions and millions and millions of dollars for just running down a football field and you want to disrespect the country, the people that fight for the freedom for you to be able to do that, these guys are morons. Hey, hey Ryan, um, I don't know if you care about the coaches' poll, but the coaches' poll is up for this year. Well, let's, let me pull it up then. Since it's up, we got to talk about it. Yep. Where's uh, Jason and where's where's uh, Jonathan? Where's Quinn? Where's all the the regulars at tonight? I know a lot of people about twenty one hit our podcast some live entertainment here. I like I like people calling in and arguing with me, man. I like that. So you need to argue with me. Yeah. All right. So it's, here we it's go. Me on the phone and my fiance's listening to you on the laptop, sir. What's her What's Are her you? name? Um, Naomi. Okay. Naomi, Naomi. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Naomi. All right, so we're looking at Alabama. Is this the one that's got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington, Wisconsin, Miami, Penn State, and Auburn, right? Yeah. Okay. So looking at that, let's look at the top five right quick. Oklahoma, I think they're going to struggle this year, I they're still having quarterback issues right now and trying to figure that out. They lost a lot, too. Baker Mayfield was one of the best players in college football. You just don't replace him. I think Oklahoma and Georgia both are overrated in this coaches poll right now. I think Ohio State's about right. I think Clemson's right, and I think Alabama's right. I like one, two, three. Yeah, I, I don't like Oklahoma. Um, we, we talk about this with Kobe Smart. Um, caught lightning in the bottle. So did Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley caught lightning in the bottle and came in to a situation with a senior-letter quarterback, and the Big 12 was down. Let's be honest. Texas was down. West Virginia wasn't that good, and TCU didn't have the defense to stop him. They just scored more points than everybody else. 
So I looked at Washington at six. They're getting a lot of love. Washington finished last year. Let's look. I don't even think Washington was. Washington finished 16th in the polls last year. Had a good season, uh, 10 and three. Lost to Penn State. That was a good game. They come in at number six. Is that overrated or is that about right? You got to have the Pac-12 represented in there. And there's one team you'd put in there. It has to be. Washington right now, and I think they're rated high because they play Auburn and they want to they want to talk about a top ten matchup. That's why Auburn's right there in the top ten. They want to have their top ten matchup. But College Game Day chose to go watch Notre Dame and Michigan play. Would you rather see eleven and fourteen play, or would you rather see six and ten play? Ooh, I I rather see assistant at ten play, but game days at Notre Dame, Michigan, because that's a rivalry, and they haven't played for about four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the poll, Jason, Texas is twenty-one. I mean, how many years are we going to see Texas in the top twenty-five to start the season, and then they just fall apart almost? So. Is Texas going to be – where are they going to be at the end of the year? They they play they play Tulsa. They play uh, they play Maryland on the road to start. They got Tulsa at home, and then they have USC at home, TCU at home, at Kansas State. So there's five tough games, I mean, if you look at it in a way. And then you got to play Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Do they have a – this is a tough schedule. Looking at Texas's schedule, Jason, it's – it's pretty brutal if you, if you look at it. Yeah, Texas is schedule. It's brutal, but it's Texas. Uh, with Texas, for me, it's okay. Last year, you were close. You you lost a lot of close bargains. But let's see if you could have beat somebody good. You got USC coming to your house. Haven't had a Power Five team come to your house since Ohio State um, years ago. So. I think they need to beat USC. Well, Jason, I think, uh, is that Jonathan that just joined us? What up, boy? What's up, buddy? How are we doing? Oh, man, we're just talking about the old crappy sport of college football, man. Nothing major. Yeah, I hate that sport. Um... <laughs> I just wanted to piggyback off y'all's Texas thoughts. I was actually looking at them last night. And they're one of the teams that you look at and you're like, they can go 6-6 and or they can go 9-3. and They're not going to do worse, and they're not going to do better. Like, it's still, it's year two for Herman. Um, I mean, can Ellinger stay healthy? I think he can. You know, honestly, I think he's the better quarterback. No disrespect to Shane Bouchelle. I think he's very talented. Um, they lost a lot on defense. Yeah, I think this is a team that you're you're breaking in, you know, some new guys, some young guys. And, you know, Herman hasn't he hasn't really had the time to try and get his offense right because every time he turns around, one of his quarterbacks is hurt. It's concussion. It's an arm. It's a rib. I mean, you know, so if they if he could actually get uh, his quarterback to stay healthy for the year, Texas's offense could be uh, pretty decent. They could top out at nine and three. You know, maybe the you know, you get TCU, who's breaking in a, a new quarterback. Oklahoma's breaking in a new quarterback. USC is going to start a 17-year-old. Like, you know, you, you get to take advantage of these tough teams on your schedule. 
but at the same time, you were breaking in a defense that lost so much to the NFL. Yeah, and then we're going to find out how good Tom Herman is. I mean, it's a tough schedule. I know they're breaking it in, but if you look at the names of, you know, they don't start out with an uh, Austin P. They go to Maryland. They're in some controversy right now, and I want your opinions on that in a minute. Uh, Tulsa, they can score some points. USC, TCU at Kansas State, Oklahoma neutral site, Baylor at Oklahoma State, and then they play West Virginia at Texas Tech, back home against Iowa State and at Kansas. But I think you're right. It could be six and six or nine and three, but are they really going to be better? Even if they finish nine and three, are they going to be better than they were last year? Really, I think you're right. They lost a lot to the NFL, and this Big Twelve is going to be interesting. We talked about a minute ago Oklahoma being ranked number in the top five. Really, Jonathan, I think they're struggling for a quarterback right now. I think Oklahoma is going to find out real quick. You don't just replace the Baker Mayfield and and live to tell about it. I think Oklahoma could struggle some this year. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, Oklahoma could definitely have their struggles. You're breaking in Kyler Murray. Hopefully, uh, you know, he's only got the one year at the program. After this season, he's got to go report to the Oakland A. So this is an interesting year for Kyler in that it's your one shot to really be a big-time starting quarterback. Can you handle it, or are they going to go to the backup? I know there's been some rumblings of a quarterback battle out there. I mean, the nice thing is that all the, all the receivers from last year are coming back. Rodney Anderson's coming back. But you did lose Orlando Brown, your stalwart left tackle. You did lose Mark Andrews, a great uh, pass-catching tight end. So I, uh, I'm interested to see what Lincoln Riley does with this offense, how he showcases Kyler's uh, uh, abilities, because he, you know, everybody knows he's got a rock of an arm. That's why he plays center field. Um, but uh, you know, his feet is what makes him so dynamic and his quick twitch ability. And I'm interested to see if they run – more of like an RPO offense now with Kyler than they did with Baker. Because obviously, I mean, we even seen in the preseason game, Baker is just a pure passer. Yeah, he is. And, and what do you, what do you, let's go back to Texas a minute. Going back to that Maryland game on the road, after Maryland embarrassed them last year, what do you think about Durkin? What's going on with him? It looks like he's going to lose his job. And how's that going to impact the team? Sometimes they it could cause a team to rally together, kind of us against the world mentality, and, and come back and play good, or they could crumble. What do you, what do you think is going to happen with Durkin? Do you think it's right? What's your thoughts on that? We didn't get him a minute ago. I wanted to bring you in on it. Uh, look, I think Coach Durkin's a, an excellent coach. Uh, you know, we saw that from his time at Michigan, even with his time at the University of Florida, uh, and Mississippi State. Now, the issues here is that after reading ESPN's report, I, you know, I knew the strength coach was going to get fired. And, I mean, he, he, got, he resigned after a press conference in which they said they were firing him. So, okay, good luck setting that. Um, I think the head athletic trainer could be in some trouble here. I do think Durkin loses his job because by letting his strength coach act the way he did, he shows that he didn't have control of his program, and that's an issue. Um, Matt Canada taking over as interim coach. He has a weird, you know, coaching record up to this point of being an offensive coordinator for kind of spot hopping. Uh, you know, his whole recipe, you know, his, I mean, his whole resume is the one season with Nathan Peterman's pit. Everybody forgets he got fired at North Carolina State. And the LSU, that was just a bad match. I mean, he just didn't fit. Coach O didn't let him take over because O had a guy he wanted who's now the OC. I, honestly, 
I think the locker room will be fractured from this because you're hearing parents coming out of, you know, anonymously, but parents of players on the team who love Coach Durkin and don't want him fired. And, of course, you have this other side, you know, this other group who wants him fired. Um, I mean, obviously, Jordan McNair's parents, but, you know, it's a shame the kid passed away. It's horrible that, uh, that, that a young man lost his life. Uh, and that's something we can't overlook here. Uh, but just look at the ramifications of the, of the people involved here, which is what we're doing. I mean, this looks really bad on Durkin, and I, I don't think he surprises us. Uh, I, I honestly believe he will be a defensive coordinator somewhere next year. Uh, I, and I think that Maryland is going to get into the, the market of looking for a head coach. I mean, this is Matt Canada's best audition for it, but I'm – Looking at a sucker, I'm not sure that he's a, a head coach quality guy. I honestly think he's a career offensive coordinator, which there's nothing wrong with. Brett Venables is a career defensive coordinator, and he's been pretty good at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, talking about a coach that I think deserves to lose his job is, is Urban Meyer at Ohio State. They're supposed to have that in, investigation possibly wrapped up over the weekend. But I think what's going to happen, I thought he was going to be fired initially in this investigation when all this came out. But it's sounding like to me, looking at Vegas and everything, that he's favored to keep his job right now. Do you think he, he should be fired, Jonathan? Because I think he, he's been lying through his teeth and covering something up. And he's sketchy. Look at Florida, what he, did, what he let go on in this program there, how bad it was. And now with this, I just do to Ohio State. Do you think he keeps his job? And this is a tough situation because you're talking about the second best coach in college football, without a doubt, without a doubt, the second best coach in college football. But you are talking about somebody who had a, you know, we saw what happened. University of Florida has not recovered from him. He left the cover there because he brought in a bunch of guys that didn't hold anybody accountable. I mean, there's a litany of stories. You know, guys smoking weed, guys fighting with their coaches, guys fighting with players, guys fighting, you know. I mean, it's it's very ugly what happened at the University of Florida. You can list the names. It's a long list. And, of course, on top of that list is Aaron Hernandez. Um, And and then he carries this dead weight around in Zach Smith. So Zach Smith was never a good coach. Nobody's ever said he's a good coach. And yet, for some reason, he, he got multiple passes and multiple opportunities to advance his career, even though everybody knew he was a bad husband. And, 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 you know, we're talking about somebody who fought with his wife, who put his hands on his wife. We're talking about somebody who, if you look past that aspect, I mean, the last report that just came out of his uh, lewd behavior, I'm taking the naked picture in the bathroom at the White House, you know, taking pictures of, of him, you know, getting it on with a, with an Ohio State staffer in one of the offices, like things like that. I mean, I, I, if he wasn't Earl Bruce's grandson, there's no way Zach Smith has his job, and nobody will argue that because Earl Bruce is a mentor at Urban Meyer. What do I think is going to happen to Coach Meyer here? I think he's going to get suspended for two weeks. He'll be back in time for TCU. What do I think should happen to Urban Meyer? If I'm Ohio State, I'm firing him. I am, because this is just the same behavior that he told us that you know, he wasn't a part of anymore. You know, he, you know, I changed my ways. No, you haven't. Not only do you protect no. players who do bad things, 
now you're protecting coaches who are doing bad things. That, that doesn't make it better. So, that makes it worse. So what does the assistant coach have on Urban Meyer? I know his grandfather is, blah, blah, blah. We hear that. What does he have on Urban Meyer? He knows something. Well, like one of my favorite quotes from when they interviewed the, the ex-wife, Courtney Smith, was, uh, you know, Zach said if he ever got fired, he'd bring the whole program down. So I'd love to know what he has. I mean, I'm, I hate to be one of those guys who's like, hey, I don't mind seeing the world burn once in a while, but it's Ohio State. Like, I really don't care for that. I want the world burn. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, 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 could you see Bob Stoops coming to Ohio State if something happened to Urban Meyer? Who would replace the Urban Meyer? Do you think Bob Stoops would get a phone call? I mean, they'd probably call Bob Stoops and Bob Stoops would tell him no. I mean, I, I'm telling you guys, Bob Stoops retired and he's retired. Notre Dame. Um, yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't think he'd come back to Notre Dame? Come no, I think Bob's done. I think Bob's done. And be, and because his daddy died on the sideline, I, th- I mean, the way Bob retired, the way he handed it off to Lincoln Riley, he's done. I'm telling you, he's done. If you're Ohio State, the name that everybody keeps... Oh, so do I. I mean, he took he took a, a ta- something tragic from, from his life saw what coaching football did to his dad and said, okay, I'm going to hit a point and that's it. That's my end game. And what, you know, it's the question that a lot of people have, right? How much money is enough? Right? And Bob Stoops finally yeah. hit a point where he's like, I have enough money, my family's secure, my kids are good, like, you know, let's move on to my second phase of my life. And I respect that. Um, yeah, if I had that much money, I would. So who, before I interrupted you rudely, who did you say Ohio State was the name was coming out? So the name everybody keeps throwing about as, as somebody who replaced Urban Meyer is Matt Campbell. That's the head coach at Iowa State. He was the head coach at Toledo. He's from Ohio. I know Jeff Brom's been thrown about. Let me just go ahead and tell everybody right now. Jeff Brom took Purdue, but he's waiting for Louisville. He is. That, that, that's what's happening here. Jeff Brom, you know, that, that's a multi-generational family uh, Troy at Louisville. And he wants to go in and take over. He played there. His brother played there. His daddy was there. And everybody at Louisville that I know, and I know some movers and shakers, oddly enough, at Louisville, have been saying that Jeff Bob's going to be the guy. They didn't need a reason to fire Patria. Um, so, right, you know, I I'm think, honestly, Ryan Day. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's Bob Petrino, right? Uh, Ryan Day is the interim coach for a reason. He has Kevin Wilson on staff, who's the head coach of Indiana. He got passed over because of the reason. He got fired from Indiana, which was, you know, mistreatment of players, allegedly. Um, then you have Greg Schiano on staff, who got passed over. And nobody's quite certain why. You know, there, 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 there's a whole, well, you know, the thing with Tennessee, but that was nothing. But this, that, that, that. So Brian Day got that. And Brian Day's whole career has been piggybacked off of Chip Kelly. This is going to be the first time in a while that Ryan Day has not been part of Chip Kelly's staff. Um, Ryan Day, this is his chance to show that he can he can do it if Urban Meyer gets let go. And, I mean, this is a great opportunity for him to prove something, uh, to show that, hey, I'm worth this opportunity. I can handle this job. But, I mean, you, you got to imagine they're going to throw all the feelers out. They're going to call anybody and everybody. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get somebody like David Shaw. Like, Ohio State's the kind of job 
where you try to do what Texas A&M did and go hire somebody else to fix fish. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. I, I don't I think they'd have to go after a big name because they are Ohio State, and I think some of these fans would revolt unless they they get a big name, and and we'll see. But Jonathan, we talked about um, Georgia while you were gone. You weren't here yet. We talked about some of the top five, but Georgia to me, I'm just looking at that team. They have talent, but I think what they lost with leadership on that team very hard to replace and you you saw it in 2010 the difference is Auburn won a championship but they had a Cam Newton and they had a bunch of three stars that were seniors that, that, that worked together and when they lost that you saw a seven and five eight and five team and then two years after that national championship Chizik gets fired after going 0-8 in the SEC I'm not saying Kirby's going to do that but do you think people are not really talking I haven't heard anybody talking about what they lost and all I hear is how great Kirby Smart is and penciled into the SEC championship. Question one, do you think Georgia is a lot to get in? I mean, are they really that good? And number two, if they don't win the East, who do you think could sneak in there and win it? Oh, I mean, Georgia's got the benefit of the fact that they, I mean, they're, they're, they're in the, the Big Ten West of the SEC. You know, the SEC East and the Big Ten West, which, <laughs> they, look, the Big Ten West, Wisconsin doesn't have that thing as wrapped up as people like to believe it is. Um, but the the thing with the SEC, with the SEC East, who's going to challenge them? I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all expect Georgia to be 12 and 0 going to Atlanta. And you know, if anybody disagrees with that, please let me know. Uh, you know, find me on Twitter, holla at me. You know, I, I honestly think you know Georgia is a team that can that is expected to go 12 and 0. You know, you got their one tough game. Well, okay, they have one and a half tough games. You got to play Auburn, which is always tough. And then you got to go to LSU. Outside of that, like, what are your tough games? What, Florida? Give me a break. South Carolina? Give me a break. How about South Carolina? You don't don't think South Carolina being at home could could give them a game? Uh, No. I think that's a game that goes for three quarters, and then Georgia says Houston and wins by double digits. I, you know, I mean, this, this, this Georgia team supremely talented. You got Jake Fromm back. You have your tight ends back. You have most of your receivers back. Uh, offensive line returns. Yes, you lose Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And everybody knows I love Nick Chubb. But Swift is an excellent running back. I know they lost, you know, Demir White to an ACL injury. But Georgia kind of produces running backs at a rate that's insane. Uh, defensively, losing Rokon Smith is huge. We're hoping another year with the secondary helps them get better. Uh, you know, you lost Lorenzo Carter, so their linebacking core is going to be very important. How do those guys fill such huge holes? Defensive line, they're stacked. The thing with Georgia is, I don't. I'm trying to figure out if Georgia's Clemson or if Georgia is kind of like Florida State. And what I mean by that is that Clemson got to the championship game, lost to Bama, came back next year. But they kind of already had all that talent. They didn't really have a talent exodus after that first championship uh, game, whereas Georgia lost talent, right? Whereas Florida State, like, popped back up on the surface, didn't make it, but they popped back up, and they went, oh, crap, FSU's back. You know, they came up short of 2012, reaching their goal, and in 2013, boom. New quarterback, nobody was thinking I'd highlight FSU. I, I didn't even play with title game that year, and I'm just biased to the homer you can get. 
and you know they show up and win it all. So I, you know, Georgia, Georgia though is this year. Is this year the year? Are they Clemson? Are they building Clemson, or are they? Is it next year? And I think honestly, Georgia's next year is their title run. I, you know, I think Georgia's going to lose to the SEC West champ in the, in, in the title game. They'll go to a New Year's Six game. They'll show out. They'll look good. And you got to remember, this is a team that's still having a quarterback battle with the true freshman Justin Fields, and you know, excellent five-star quarterback. I, you know, so I think Georgia deserves to be rated that high. I think they're going to finish the year in the top ten, uh, maybe even the top five. But I don't see them as a playoff team. And unless this is a team that really grows and matures throughout the season, like they did last year. Yeah, I think wouldn't it be fun to watch a nine and zero Auburn team come in there and play a nine and zero Georgia team in Athens? That would be that would be something nice. But you know, they talk about Alabama. You know, it's it's Tua's job. He probably is the best quarterback. But but this Bama team, Jonathan, has some holes in it. Jason and I talked about. Um, they do have an easy schedule for the most part. Bama, Bama and Georgia have the easiest schedules of any top tier team. Uh, that we talked about the playoffs, but Bama lost another linebacker in practice yesterday for the season. What happens if they start getting pinned at linebacker again, Jonathan? And I mean, is their schedule weak enough where they could survive and get to the Iron Bowl and pull it out being at home? Or is there a Mississippi State a team that could, could knock them off this year? I mean, what do you think about Bama and the quarterback controversy, if you want to call it that? I mean, just like Georgia season comes down to Atlanta, Alabama season comes down to the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, same thing for Auburn, right? This is, I mean, those two teams, that's, that's a play-in game probably for the playoffs. Um, you know, if Alabama gets spent at linebacker, we, we, we could see a party and a half uh, as far as the SEC goes. But I don't know if anybody else outside of Auburn can step up to Alabama. And see, that's the thing is that the SEC – Right now, is it deep enough? And with the coaching turmoil, we're not sure what we're going to get out of schools like Tennessee and Mississippi State, things like that, right? So it's going to be very interesting to see how Alabama handles the, the quarterback rotation. You know, you, you get Louisville open the year, but I don't think Louisville's going to be that good. They're replacing a lot, including, I don't know, maybe the best player in college football. Um, I mean, I just – I think Bama, it's Iron Bowl. And in all honesty, they probably go 12-0 or 11-1, playing a New Year's Six Bowl. Maybe they get back Jordan to the playoff again because of, you know, Umber- you know what the, the Big Ten can eat itself alive. Uh, if Washington flips up like they did last year, if Clemson stumbles at all this year, you know, I mean, we, we, we could see some, some funkiness there. Uh, but, I mean, Bama's still Bama. And I know – you know, Saban with a great quote, you guys think we just uh, crap out uh, players. Well, I mean, you guys kind of bring in whoever you want, you know. I, so we kind of expect you to do that. But I understand this frustration and that losing guys left and right and getting hurt, it just it doesn't help. It doesn't matter how talented you are, losing that experience uh, and having to pop in a yeah. freshman. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's that wild. last year, they were depleted in that in that linebacking core, even though they were able to win the games against teams they're more talented than, when they ran up against an Auburn team that had a quarterback and a and a elite running back, they just couldn't they couldn't match up. And I, I think you're right. If they if they lose some of that depth and they 
they struggle. They'll lose to Auburn possibly, but there's nobody else on that schedule. Maybe Mississippi State, depending on how good they are, but I don't see them going into Tuscaloosa and, and beating them. But real quick, Jonathan, Auburn-Washington week one, that's the biggest game. I think the second one is Michigan-Notre Dame. Um, Auburn's a small two-and-a-half-point favorite in that. What do you think, man? I mean, I think Auburn's defense this year could be the difference in that game. Uh, week one, in the past, or Auburn's offense has struggled offensively to start the season, but I think Stidham being back is something that's kind of being overshadowed a little bit. I think he's such a valuable leader, and I don't think the offense will struggle as bad if they can figure out the offensive line situation. But I think Auburn can beat Washington early in this season. And how big of a game is it? Oh, it's the biggest game of week one, without a doubt. You have two playoff contenders going at it. And, look, I understand why game day is going to Michigan-Notre Dame. Because it's cooler to view game day on campus than it is from somebody's parking lot. Let's just be honest, right? Um, now, now here, here's the thing with this game. You're going to have two very good defenses going at it. You know, everybody forgets that Washington-Alabama game was pretty competitive until – Oh, Scarborough just started running everybody over. And, you know, Washington, you know, unfortunately, Jake Browning had the shoulder injury. I would have loved to have seen it if Jake Browning had been healthy. I, that would have been great. But, I mean, you know, it's a tough game. I don't have to think about it, marinate it on some more. I mean, it's a neutral site game, but come on, man. Like, Atlanta's like a second home to Auburn pretty much. Um, you know, I, I, looking at it, I – think this is going to be a struggle fest. I think you're going to see great defense. And, you know, it's going to be which running back. You know, you have Miles Gaskin for Washington and Cam Martin for Auburn. Which one makes more big play? Honestly, that's what it's going to come down to. But I think Stidham and Browning are both going to struggle to throw the ball. Uh, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal game. This is a game that, in all honesty, could knock Washington out of playoff contention right off the bat. This is the kind of game that if Auburn wins, gives you momentum to start running through people. You know, and I saw a stat. Auburn, since I think it was like 1993 or something, every time they've won 10 games, the following season, they, you know, take the win total, subtract it by four. Like, they, they go six and six, seven and five, eight and four, every time after they win 10 games. And I thought about it, I looked back, and I'm like, yeah, the issue is that usually they didn't return a quarterback. You know, Jason Campbell goes yeah. undefeated. He's in the draft. Cam Newton with the championship. Uh, you know, he's in the draft. Nick Mar- you know, Nick Marshall um, came back, and, I mean, that was just like the hell year for the SEC West is what wound up happening. You know, it, it, that was one of the rare circumstances where Auburn was still pretty good that year. So I think with them coming back, you're not going to see the regression from Auburn that you usually see. I, yeah, this is going to be a very good team this year. I think that they're going to be very fun to watch. But I'd love to see them play LSU, you know, get their revenge back on for what happened last year. But I'd love to see them play Georgia and Alabama. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for LSU. I feel bad for LSU coming into the Auburn after what happened last year. But, hey, you know, I think them losing to LSU actually, in a way, kind of reset them, refocused them a little bit. But we'll see. We'll see how – how things go and everything, but yeah, we're two weeks away. I mean, college football starts next Saturday, right? And that's when we're really. I mean, I, I can't really say that's when it starts, but there's some games on. 
next weekend, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we have uh, Colorado State, we Wyoming. Wyoming, New Mexico. We got Wyoming, New Mexico State, Hawaii, Colorado State. Um, I think that's really the only two, uh, Prairie View and Rice. But, but, hey, you know, it's college football. It's just an appetizer. You go to a restaurant, you you have to get an appetizer before you just dive into that state. I mean, Wyoming, New Mexico Mexico State actually could be kind of fun because Wyoming's got a fun defense. Yeah, Wyoming favored four in that game. Jason, Jason Humphrey, anything you want to add before we get out of here tonight? No, um, I know you guys we watching the college football, but there's a couple of good high school games on ESPN that I'm looking forward to. So um, that's what, what I'll be watching. Um, there's Marta Day and Bishop Goldman, um, me being from Cali and from Vegas. Um, I'm interested in that one for sure. And how long has it been since Bishop Gorman's lost the game? Um, I think I was in the diapers. I don't know. It's, I know they got a big streak going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know they that Tate Martell kid went four years, Jonathan, without even losing the game. I mean, I'll, he's a he's a backup at Ohio State now, but. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be before he hit the field, but I like some good high school football when it's, when it's state versus state like that. That's, that's pretty fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, modern day pumps out, you know, five-star USC recruits and quarterback left and right. Bishop Gorman's the IMG of the West. You know, I mean, I would expect that to be a phenomenal game. Now, I'm just excited uh, for, for football to really be back around. You know, I'm going to have my projections and whatnot, you know, ironed out before Saturday. Um, you know, I mean, I think I think we're in for an interesting season just with everything going on. I'm not sure there's a clear-cut, clear-cut forerunner um, for, a champ- for the championship just because, you know, the two best teams in the SEC play each other at the end of the year. You know, the third best team in the SEC, at least in my eyes right now, is going to run their division. The Big Ten East has four of the top 15 teams, according to everybody's preseason yeah. ranking. I mean, Clemson's got a quarterback battle. Florida State's got a new coach. Uh, you know, Washington should run the table, but, you know, could Arizona do something with Khalil Tate? You know, I, in the Big 12, Kyler Murray going to continue success or not? Can TCU make a run? Like, this should be an interesting season. Um, I'm excited. And I love the fact that I get to watch this season from Florida State University. All right. What are you doing? So you're in school now again, huh? Yeah, I got accepted to Florida State uh, for uh, one one of their programs. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, living up here, pretty excited, you know, Thought it day you could go to your dream school, and uh, I, I I just can't wait to actually get to go to Joe Campbell. I mean, you can't beat it for the first game Labor Day night. You know, Virginia Tech at Florida State—that's your first experience. And I'm not complaining. I don't blame you. You're still gonna be able to co-host, right? I'll find some time for you, Brian. You know that. All right, Jason always makes time. Jonathan Quinn, I don't know what he's doing tonight. He's probably watching track and field somewhere. 
I don't know what he's doing. They're saying some prayers for Notre Dame to, to see how they do. But but next Sunday, here's the deal. Next Sunday night, we're going to go through our projections. Jason, Jonathan, get ready. Let's go through our playoff uh, scenario, who wins each conference, division, and let's talk some NFL as well. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Well, take care, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday night. All right, y'all. All right, we'll do.